as Tigertown, USA. Um. Welcome to Woodward Tigers with your hosts, Rogelio, Gritz, John, and Uber. Here we All are. Right. What is going on? It is John and Uper. We're doing some more pinch hitting tonight. We got some good topics to go over. Cameron might be joining us shortly. But to get things started, Uper, how you been? I know we missed the Sunday show, but we're back at it on Monday. What's new with you, Uper? Missing the Sunday show gave us a, a real Jim Dandy of a Monday game to talk about today. As the Tigers put up a stinker at 7-1 today. <laughs> but that's all right. Everything is going fine. It's just good to have baseball season back and monitoring that daily pulse of, of spring training, even though we know some of Latin, some of it doesn't mean much of anything, but it's just fun to have baseball back in your life. And the, the, that daily drumbeat is what we all live for. And we're off and running. I don't know if the Tigers are ready for it, but we're ready for it. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's flying by. We're already eleven games in, I believe. It's just it's flying by, man. Opening day is gonna be here in just a couple weeks. Um yeah, but definitely no shortage of storylines and stuff to go over. We're going to talk about, I think the hot topic right now is definitely Jake Rogers. I know a lot of people are getting excited about him. We also have some infield projections we've been posting on Twitter. We wanted to get into those tonight. So, you for I'm going to let you have the floor. Jake Rogers, good start to the spring training. Probably the story of spring training so far. What are you thinking? It's really, again... It's a stock answer. We always say it. We can't put everything into spring training, okay? Everybody knows that. So let's skip that part. It's really nice to see him come back and show some power right off the bat when he hasn't taken a real at-bat since late in 2021. Missing all of 2022, coming back cold. This is really, really fun to see him flex some power. He is really going to be important. If, if the rules changes have the effect on the game, that a lot of people seem to think is going to happen, having a catcher like him who has the ability to shut down some running game, he just has to, he doesn't even have to hit for much average or on base. If he can show some power, knock 14 to 16 homers, but be a weapon about throwing guys out, that, that's a handy guy to have. And it, it's impressive to see the comeback he's made so far. Yeah, and Cameron, we were just talking about Jake Rogers. I know you've been posting some great stuff on Twitter. What have you seen from from him this spring, and do you have any thoughts on, on what we could see from him going into this season? I've I've loved everything I've seen. It seems like he hasn't missed a beat since coming back. It's I'll, I'm okay with the swing and miss. I had an awful swing and miss. I think today's game. Um, and I'm fine with the strikeout rate if he's going to have a close to 500 slugging percentage. I'm disappointed that Donnie Sands hasn't been as competitive in this in this catching situation but if jake rogers is hitting like he was before he had tommy john that gives a lot of room for eric cost to move around which i also like yeah that's the one thing i wanted to touch on is jake rogers in 2021 he had a good offensive season only 113 at bats though but had an ops over 800 and he was showing some signs of life offensively before he went down with injury yeah, this is just going to add to their depth. I, I agree with you on Donnie Sands. He was a guy I have expectations for this season. Obviously, we know he's a guy that can draw some walks. So I'm hoping he can pick it up as, as we move towards the season. But yeah, Jake Rogers, three home runs and I believe just 10 at bats so far. And the thing that's really intriguing to me is he went opposite field, I believe, for his first one. I know he went to center for one of them as well. So he he's really looking strong. And I got to ask you guys this question. Do you honestly believe that he can be an average to above average hitter? Or do you think we're going to look back on this a couple months in the season and be like, oh, he was just the guy that had, had the hot spring training? Or do you think this is actually sustainable? Back, back in 2021, you just mentioned it was 113 at-bats. I don't know how many plate appearances it was. It must have been like 120, right? He was just getting to that point where you start to shrug off small sample. It's not a huge sample, but it was beyond it over 100 plate appearances. And he was looking good. He was looking legitimately good for a short period of time. So we, we, we saw the inklings. And then unfortunately, the injury was a serious one. And, you know, we didn't know what we're going to see this spring. But these first reports are, are really nice. 
that's yeah, uh, yeah that time that jake rogers and eric Haas were really heating up in june and the start of july and 21 that's when the tigers were playing like real baseball yeah exciting they were winning games they shouldn't have i think thrown in there was that game where robbie grossman hit the walk-off squeeze and like it was just a different brand of baseball that we hadn't seen since what 2016 sure and i, I want that back if if both catch, catchers are productive and align that that's just exciting yeah, absolutely. But yeah, another thing we wanted to touch on is the bullpen. I know you, you wanted to touch on this. A guy in particular, a left-handed pitcher, a chasing Shreve, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Yep. What have you seen from him and why, why have you been impressed by him so far this spring? Well, he's like, obviously, the, the Tigers pitching staff as a whole for the last several days has pretty much stunk. Anybody who runs. Anybody who gets a few outs starts to look pretty good in your eyes, right? Shreve is looking solid. He struck out three today. He got he faced four batters, got four outs. I've never been one to worry too much about the second lefty, matchup lefty in your bullpen. I don't think that really affects that many ball games where it comes down to one lefty on lefty at bat. And like I said, in any given week, for instance, how many times does that really happen? I want the best eight pitchers in my bullpen. And right now, if you had talked to me a few weeks ago, I would have said Shreve's probably not going to be one of those eight best guys in the bullpen. But right now he is. And he, he took another step forward today when he goes four outs. I look good. When you look at his numbers in 2021, he was pretty solid. He took a big step back last year, but we know that that's in there. And at his age, he's in his early 30s. If he can have a couple of good months, A, maybe they keep him around, but B, maybe he becomes somebody who is shoppable for a team in need of a lefty. Yeah, what about you, Cameron? Yeah, so he threw 10 pitches today, and all 10 were strikes, and three of them were strikeouts. So he threw basically an immaculate inning, Yeah, and then he came back in the next inning, and... Did it, he pitched 1.1 innings. I think he f he finished. Did he finish and he completed a full inning and then he came back out the next inning right. and got one batter, which I think that's smart of AJ to do to give them that rest time and then have them come back out and face one more batter. You can't be more efficient than 10 pitches, 10 strikes, 1.1 <laughs> innings pitched. A perfect line. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at Raj, shout out to our host, Rojalio. His article at woodwardsports.com, he was projecting the Tigers roster. He had Chase and Shreve in there. Another guy I think we should start paying a little bit of attention to is Curvon Castro. Another guy, I don't believe he's given up a run yet in three innings of work of work this spring. Five strikeouts, obviously has, has good velocity sitting at 96 to 97. Have you guys paid much attention to him, just 24 years old, and do you think he has a realistic chance to, to make the roster? Quick, Cam. Yeah, I think there's just too many arms at the moment. Looking at his 2021, he pitched 13 innings and didn't allow a run. I think there's just so many arms that it once you get past Lang, Foley, Alexander, a lot of these guys are toss-ups, and it, it may come down to matchups and who they want to bring with them on a road trip. Then I'm I'm okay with that. It, it speaks to the depth they, they're building for that bullpen. Yeah. What about you? you? He's, I think he struck on all three guys he faced today. Um, yeah. I like the velocity. Certainly, I like guys who come out of the bullpen, pumping some heat in there. Is he going to make the team? I think he could. If he, if he has three or four more outings like today or close to today, he's going to get his name in there. But hopefully, they can get him to Toledo and he's there for depth. And it's a long, it's a long season. He could be up by Memorial Day or before if, if things broke his way. Yeah, I think it's good. Cameron said just the pitching depth we have. I'm, I don't want to get into our season predictions and all that, but I really think that's something I'm excited to see is the depth that they have. You, you, you attested this last year. It was impressive how they dealt with so many injuries, but were still able to keep their head above water, at least somewhat in fine pitchers, bring them up from the minors and keep this team. Their pitching was not terrible last year. As bad as the offense was, the pitching was at least somewhat respectable. And I think we're seeing that continue to build heading into this season. But if we want to pivot away from the pitching and move on to one of the one of the hitters who has the most expectations, I would say, heading into this season is Riley Green, who didn't have the greatest season last year, obviously dealt with injured, was getting his feet wet in Major League Baseball. And this season, I think we have some some realistic expectations. I know you wanted to touch on, Youper. So in terms of Riley Green, 
this season, what do you think his year could look like for the Detroit Tigers? I was just trying to think. I was trying to dream a little for a change. So sometimes <laughs> I try to, you know, what's, I, we, I spend a lot of time thinking about what, what the floor is or what mm-hmm. the most likely outcome is. But I was trying to just, what what we have to do for me to say, wow, he really blossomed. And I don't mean he's going to be an MVP. And I, I want to keep it realistic or anything. But what would be a year where I said, wow, that's really significant progress. And we're going to see something really good in years three, four, five. To me, this year, if he can stay healthy, because obviously he likes to dive out there and run into things. So hopefully he stays healthy. If he can come up with, if he can push 20 homers and let's say post around 800 OPS, let's say with a 350 on base, 450 slug. That's really a big step in the right direction. I don't know if he can get to those numbers. That seems to me we're asking a lot from a young guy. But if that happens, then I think we really got something to behold here in the coming seasons. So I'm, my, I'm, I'm just looking at that 800 OPS number, pushing 20 homers. If he keeps getting better on defense, uh, then he's starting to become the guy we're, we're hoping he ultimately becomes. Yeah. What about you, Cameron? What do you think we could see from him this year? Yeah, I think that 800 OPS is where I'm hoping he's at. I think his floor is the 682, 99 OPS plus he had last year. I posted it today, 53% ground ball rate. If he can just drop that, Mm -hmm. if he drops it like 5%, he's already doing better. If he can get that into the league average range, the sky's the limit with how hard he hits the ball. We've seen it the past like three or four days, two home runs. He absolutely smoked the ball yesterday. It got caught at the warning track, but the fact that he's barreling balls up and yeah. driving them and he isn't pounding things into the dirt, I'm I'm really excited for a full season of Riley Green. Yeah, I wrote an article for Word Sports where I, I predict the Tigers statistical leaders and I had him leading the Tigers in war. Do you think that's a realistic possibility this year? Obviously, you're going to have guys like Javi Baez. Maybe there's a, a starter that has a big season. Do you think Riley Green can can lead the Tigers in war this season? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with no. I think Bias will lead the team in WAR, but I think it's because Parker Meadows comes up, takes a center field job, and Green is pushed to corner, so that takes away some WAR from him. But I think I'm kidding. What I think offensive WAR Green and Bias may be around the same, but I think Bias will end up winning just from the premium position aspect. What about you? I- you. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I don't have to expand on that too much. I think I think Cameron's right on the money. It would be pretty exciting to see Parker Meadows legitimately claim a chance at a job. If he gets off to a good start in the this spring, which he has, if he looks good early on at Toledo, man, if he's playing center field by early summer in Detroit, that's something to get excited about because that means he'd have earned it. I said it a couple of weeks ago and I said it a couple of months ago. We always talk about who needs to have the next Parker Meadows season from last year. And my answer to that is Parker Meadows. He needs to keep on that track. We don't want to see any kind of regression. If he has another season, even level of last year, that's showing that that was legit baseball he was playing and that he might be ready for the big leagues. And that would be really, really exciting. Yeah. And we see your guys' comments in the chat. Make sure to keep leaving comments and questions. We'll get to them at the end of the show. But to, to the Riley Green point, one, one stat I was reading was last year against lefties, he was actually better against lefties, 747 OPS, PS plus of 111. I think that's going to play a big indication this year if he can hit against lefties because we know the Tigers have a lot of options platoon-wise. They could, they could play Verling out there. They could play Eric Hans out there. So I think if he's able to continue to hit against lefties, I'm expecting a big season. I, I wouldn't go all-star. We know in baseball every team has to have an all-star, which I hate. It, it, I hate that so much, but I don't know if he could. I don't want to get in a rant about that, but I, I think if he hits against lefties, and Cameron said getting the, the ground ball rate down, which I think this spring is already, we've seen some good signs. He's had some really hard hit balls. Has, I believe a couple home runs already this spring. And I think there's a lot to be desired there. And I think he's going to have, I wouldn't say a breakout season, but I definitely think we're going to look back a year from now and look at this guy as probably the main piece to this team and to this core. And we can dream you, but I don't, I don't think it's a dream. I think it's actually, it's, I think it's pretty realistic if I'm being honest. Okay. I think AJ Hinch, what he had greens, he had green batting second against Chris Sale today. 
and Carpenter batting fifth against Chris Sale. I don't think he actually expects to play Carpenter against lefties, but I think I think the whole everyone understands that Green Green has good platoon splits and there's no reason that you need to replace him with a righty in the lineup yeah but yeah if we want to pivot to our our infield projections we've been doing this as a group taking the average of what we all think we've got five infielders today and we're going to touch on some other guys after like guys like Kreigler and Cabrera who we don't really know are going to get that many at bats at the major league level so I took the the main guys we think are going to play the majority of the games in the infield so we want to start with with probably the the face of the Detroit Tigers per se, and that's Javier Baez. So the average between me, Uper, Cameron, Raj, and Chris, we came up with 3.2 WAR, which I believe he had 2.6 last year. 23 home runs, which I believe he had 16 last year. 773 OPS, which is about 100 points higher than his OPS last year, and a WRC plus of 107. So I was on the higher side a bit with Javi Baez. I think I think history tends to repeat itself. And what history has shown is he, on average, is about a 25 to 30 home run player. I think last year the hand injury played a big part in that. But if you guys want to touch on your kind of predictions and expectations for him, do you think he kind of is in that conversation to have an all-star year? Do you think he has a good enough season to opt out? What are your guys' thoughts on there? I'll start with you, Uper. Yeah, the opt-out is really, that's going to be the thing watching to watch all year long. I was a little on the low side of those projections of our averages. I had them around 2.8 war, maybe 18 home runs. It wasn't a big deal. It was in the same ballpark. I had him at a 100 ORC plus. He strikes me as a guy. He's, he's in his 30s now. Is he, is he 29 or 30? This is his age 30 season, I believe. He's age 30. That's not old, but it's not young. He, he's at that age where... If that bat slows down at all, then what is he? He looked really bad last year at times. And we can put some of that on his hand, but we can't put all of that on his hand. Some of that pitch selection was just gone awful, which I know has been a problem for him in the past. But there's going to come a point in his career where he can't just automatically wave that away and he's going to play through it and be a valuable player. My hope is he has a bust-out campaign and that he does opt out. Because I don't, I'll be honest, I'm not, really excited about seeing years three, four, five, and six of, of, of Javi Baez in Detroit. I think there could be a lot of ugly baseball. So if you had an all-star year this year and decided to go on the market this offseason, I think that would be a, a, a tremendous outcome and a big win for the Tigers. Because I don't think the way he bat, con- controls the strike zone, which he does not, really fits in with what Scott Harris has been talking about. Yeah, what about you, Cameron? I'm basically with you. I hope he has a good enough season to opt out, but I think he's going to have a good enough season that leaves us satisfied, like we're happy with his production, but I don't think it's going to be good enough to where he wants to test the market. Well, actually, I'm talking myself out of that right now because Manny Machado got extended, so his market may look a lot better. But yeah, I don't know. I think think 20 home runs, 30 doubles-ish, hovers around league average to 110 OPS plus. I'll be happy. Cuts down the throwing errors. It'll be it'll be good enough that we'll be satisfied with his production. I don't think he'll opt out. And I think people slowly start to realize that this isn't all on Javi. I know he got the big contract, but I think people will start realizing, oh, this team run scoring isn't just because Javi Baez swings that sliders down and away that there's bigger bigger issues with the lineup than than that yeah he was still arguably our you led our team in war he was arguably our our best hitter probably eric haas was but he was our most productive i'd say and yeah i don't know i just think if you look at his 2021 his ops was almost at 900 31 home runs i just think if he can find that happy medium between 2022 and 2021 i i'd be very happy with that and i think our projections that that ops is a little bit under 800 I'd be very happy if it is a season like that. And even if it's not good enough for him to opt out, maybe he can have a good enough season to where a, a contender would want to trade for him and maybe we could get something back. If he could if he could magically bottle up whatever he did for two months as the New York Mets, that'd be a hell of a ball player. <laughs> but unfortunately he has a, he has some body of work outside of that two months stretch of greatness that we have to fight through i i don't know i'm looking at his no 2018 he finished second in mvp voting he was one of the best players in baseball 2019 he was really good as well so he does have a, a, a 
I'd say a good body of work. So I'm expecting a bounce back in some ways. Here's the thing, Don, and you're right. All those numbers are true. It happened. But when we're talking about 2018, it's 2023. He's, he's five years gone from that. He's in his 30s now. That's not, that ball player, that, he's a different ball player. He's a different, he, he's just got a different body, okay, at his age. Things are changing. So we'll see. I like to say, I hope that year's in him. I really do. It'd be great. I enjoy watching it. Yeah. Yeah. That's his ceiling. I don't, if, if he gets more than above a 110 WRC plus, be absolutely surprised. Yeah. There's, I just don't see anything more than like a four war season left in Avi Baez. Yeah. But I'll be, I would take that happily. I think, I think most of us would. Sure. Yes. But Javi Baez, if we want to move on to another player who, I'm I'm honestly surprised he's still on this roster a little bit, and that's Jonathan Scope. So our predictions, I believe one of us, was it you, Cameron, predicted he wouldn't even be on the team at the end of the season? Or- he, yes, I, I think I, I think I have him getting replaced. I think, I mean, I think he does better than last year, but I just don't think his production is quite good enough to where Harris justifies giving him at-bats. Instead of an Andre Lipsius or Ryan Kreidler, whoever, Colt Keith, if he's ready, Colt Keith can play second base. So, yep, that's a good point. But in terms of our predictions, a 1.3 war, which I believe is lower than he had last season, if I'm not mistaken, 13 home runs, 711 OPS, RC plus of 93. And for, for me, if I just want to give my quick thoughts, I think he's going to play mostly against lefties this year. And I think what's crazy is last year he was even worse against lefties than he was against righties. In 2021, he had a really, really good season against lefties. His OPS was over 900, and at times he was carrying that offense in 2021. And I don't know. I just I say history repeats itself. He's a guy that has had some really, really poor seasons, not, not to the extent of last year, but he's had really, really tough seasons, I remember. He got traded to the Milwaukee Brewers and really, really struggled there and fell out of their lineup. I think he bounces back in some way. And even if there's a happy medium in terms of lefties, if like our projections have around 700 OPS, if he can do that against lefties, I don't know. Is that good enough for him to stay on this team? I think there's a debate to be had. That'd be real interesting to just judge the Scott Harris era, the Scott Harris regime of how much patience they give a guy like this. It's going to be quite a little litmus test for what we can expect going forward. Jonathan Scope, to me, is the poster child for what a bad team shouldn't really do. I don't know who else was going to give him a two-year deal on the open market when they gave it to him, but whoever that was, they should have just let him go there. <laughs> because I think that a bad organization, a bad baseball team, should challenge themselves to get better than Jonathan Scope, even on his best. When he had that two-month run of greatness, you knew, just judged on, again, his body work, and as John mentioned, some of the bad years that he's had, that there's every bit as good of a chance of bad baseball coming as good baseball. And at the time, I thought they should challenge themselves to get better. Instead, they hitched the wagon to him. And now you ask, why is he still on team? Well, they have about seven and a half million reasons why he's still on the team. He's making that kind of money. They're going to give him that at least some rope to try to get something back on their investment, I imagine. How much that's going to be once the season rolls, we'll just have to see. But of course, there's always that chance. He's been the kind of guy who can have a six-week bender where he's hitting everything. And if he does that right off the start this year, then all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, and I have this question now. It's like Cameron makes a good point with Lipsius and Cole Keith and maybe even Wenzel Perez. To some extent, what does he realistically have to do? What numbers does he have to to put up for him to stay on this team and prove that he's worthy of getting at bats for this team? Because if this team is is struggling come trade deadline time, they're probably going to want to give at bats to the younger guys. What does he have to do to to stick with this team through the, the whole season? If he's posting a league average on base percentage with some of the power that he is known for when he's in a good stretch, then I think that he's a very playable guy. He's a, he's a reasonably good defender. They said he's in shape this year, so his defense might even get a little better. If he's a slightly above average league hitter, then he's going to play. If he's not, then they should really look to get some other guys on the field. Yeah. 
What about you, Cameron? Do you think there's any chance he stays? Because now that I'm thinking about it, the more I like the idea of giving the young guys a chance to play. Yeah, I think I think if he's league average to slightly above league average at the start of the year, they'll play it out, see if they can use him as trade bait. But I think I think if he starts to struggle or yeah, I I think if he starts to struggle that they just they won't cut bait. They'll keep him as a bench player, but they they'll find someone else to take those at bats for him. They'll also talk about he's a good clubhouse guy. Where don't, no matter how bad they're hitting, Al, he's a hell of a clubhouse guy. <laughs> I haven't heard that about him in particular, but maybe well, we will. That's been yeah. out there in the past. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You did you want to add anything, Cameron? No, he's he's a great clubhouse guy. But Willie Castro was a great clubhouse guy, and Nico Goodrum <laughs> was a great clubhouse guy. Maybe Scott Harris. That's another thing. Maybe Scott Harris. Won't give much credence to a good clubhouse guy who can't. Oh, do you like the good clubhouse guy, whether they can hit or not? They're around the clubhouse. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of another guy I can see playing second base, maybe even a little bit of third base, is a guy in Nick Maton. Our season predictions for him 1.7 war, 10 home runs, 704 OPS, 95 RC plus. I, I don't know how I feel about him i think i need a, a bigger sample size with him in a tiger's uniform before i can really gauge what he's going to be i don't really think he's going to project as much of a power hitter that's our predictions only have him hitting 10 home runs but is he a guy you think that can take that every day third base spot maybe every day at second base what are you guys's kind of thoughts on his first season in detroit i I think he'll get he'll get some he'll get some starts there, especially against fast fastball heavy righties. But I, I don't see him as the everyday third baseman. I see I see a platoon there. Yeah, I think I was high on him. I think he has above 700 OPS in him, but I don't I don't think he sustains what he did last year with the Phillies. I think he he was on a tear last year with the Phillies, like five above 500 slugging percentage. I don't think he replicates that here. I would say that, yeah, I would think that's a safe bet too. I agree with you. We don't know enough, obviously. I don't know how much, I obviously watched the Phillies a lot in the playoffs last year, but before that, I guarantee you, other than watching Bryce Harper back, I didn't watch a lot of Nick Maton as a Philadelphia Philly. So we got to see more. I think there's a, he has every chance if he gets on a hot streak to claim the job. He's in a great position on the right team where if he plays some good baseball, he can, he can play a fine playing time. I'm wondering what you guys think. Not, not necessarily who, but how many starts do you think leads the Tigers at third base how, this year? Game starting. Oh. Huh. Probably, probably mate. Nick Mayton, honestly. I don't not I even, think. I, how many? What, how, oh, how, how many? Somebody, how big of a turnover do you think they'll have there, a revolving door? 70 games. I think whoever whoever takes the job gets seventy games this year, and then is the favorite going into next year. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say seventy five, and I, I so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right with you. I think it's gonna right in that range. Yeah, sixty came to mind for me, but you might yeah. be right. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting storyline to follow. But yeah, I don't know. I I just I don't know enough about him yet. Honestly, he doesn't really have that big of a sample size in the major leagues. So I'm I'm taking it as face value as he's going to be a depth piece that could fill in. And if he's more than that, then great, because I don't really know necessarily if he was the main piece in the Gregory Soto trade. But he's still relatively young at just 25, and I think he's going to get an opportunity to at least try to show that he can be an everyday starting big leaguer. And I think it'll be an interesting season for him. And if we want to move on to this, who we thought was the starting catcher, who... I still think he's probably the favorite to be the starting Actually, catcher. Can can I interrupt you real quick on the Nick Maton thing? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we got rid of Harold Castro, Willie Castro, Candelario. Nick Maton is a bit more athletic, has better plate approach. Everything he's he's a better player than those three players, and that's all I'm happy about is that we <laughs> have a player competing for the job who is an athlete, good plate approach, hits fastballs. Yeah. All right. Moving yeah. on. No, that, that's what that's what you've been saying all offseason, Youper, is those trades that make you two percent better. And at the end of the day, he's I don't know what percentage exactly he's better than Willie and Harold Castro, but I definitely would think he's better. And that's what we were talking about is you just 
you take each trade as an individual and you hope at the end of the offseason you're a better team because of it. And I think he's a prime example of that. Nothing to add you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. 2% better makes a lot of sense to me because you're not going to hit a home run on every move you make. You're not going to find a J.D. Martinez every time you sign a guy off the scrap heap. It'd be great if you could, but you don't. So these moves, yeah, is is Nick Maton 2% better a ball player in the end than for Candelario? We'll find out. But if they are, then I think that's the way you build this team slowly in the direction where eventually they're going to have a winning ball club. Yeah. But if we want to move on to our, our, like I was saying, our starting catcher, who we think is probably still the favorite to be the starting catcher, is Eric Haas. Maybe we see some time for him at DH in the outfield. The last season was probably the Tigers' best hitter. OPS was, I believe, 746. Our predictions, 1.7 war, 16 home runs, a 739 OPS, WRC plus of 104. I don't know. I, I expect what we saw last season from him. I think this is what he's going to be for us. He's, he's a very productive player. I don't know. What are you guys thinking for him? I don't. Could he potentially, if he has a good enough season, be traded? I'm not saying he's like a boring player, but I feel like we know what we got in him. At least we hope we do. I would say, again, he's also 31 at that age where things can go either way. I don't think he's going to get a lot better. I don't think he has to. I think if he, he matches last season, they got a nice little ball player there. I think I think most teams would die for last year. He was he started off as backup. I guess he was backup to Tucker most of the year. Most teams would die for a backup catcher with a 110 WRC plus who can come off the bench and smack a homer. And I think it's great the Tigers have him. I think. I project him for more than 16 home runs. I think he puts the ball in play less this year, but his home runs go back up. And I don't think he's starting catcher by the end of the year because I think he's playing all over the place. I, don't, I think Rodgers performs well enough that Haas, Haas gets the boot from starting catcher and he gets platooned more. Yeah, I could definitely say one of the bright spots of the Avila administration, I'd say, and I, he's definitely a guy I feel like contenders would love to have just because of his versatility, he could play backup catcher. I think he could even start at catcher for some teams. And yeah, I think if he's a guy that has a good enough season, maybe the Tigers look to move him to get some younger guys, some plate appearances like a Jake Rogers or, or Dylan Dingler, who's coming out the system. Yeah, I expect another solid season out of him. I think he's more so than other players on this team. We have faith in him. I say I think more than other players. We feel like we know what we're going to get with him. And definitely a, a good clubhouse guy, I'd say. I, I'm sorry. I didn't want to go there, Euphor, but I, no, I, I, honest, I believe that I like, I honestly believe that with him. Like, I think he's a good guy to keep around if they want to keep him around. And yeah, so I if, think if Haas gets traded, it'll probably be the most upset I've been with a trade since Austin Jackson getting traded. Just really? How much, yeah, how much. I don't want to say how much he means to me, but I think even, even through last year, he's like a good identity of this ball club the city the city because he literally is from the city but yeah i i hope he stays with the team i hope i guess i hope he doesn't do well enough that a bunch of teams are interested see i i do because if you want to go back to the austin jackson trade how'd that turn out oh so when we traded austin jackson for for david price you mean yeah oh. i didn't i didn't like that trade at the time and looking back i still don't like it but eh, it didn't that's really another yeah, it didn't really work out for either teams, but that's that's another story. Yeah, I don't know. If he has a, a good season and, and we can flip him for some young players, I, I don't think I'd be too upset by that. But I, I do understand your point. He's a good guy to keep around. Yes, but if we want to move on to what we thought was uh, who he's – I don't know if you guys still think he's going to be the starting first baseman. We've heard some rumblings that maybe he starts the season in AAA. I wanted to save him. For, for last, and that is Spencer Torkelson, a 1.6 war. We had 20 home runs, 736 OPS, WRC plus of 100. This is going to be an interesting one. Hasn't gotten off to the greatest start in spring training. We've, we've seen Tyler Nevin look pretty good. What are you guys thinking? Is he going to start the season? Are you a little iffy on your predict predictions now? I'll start with you, Youper. What are you thinking for Torque this year? Yeah. You're the torque. You're the torque defender. You. I know I am, and I, I don't want to go overboard because I am. <laughs> I my my faith is shaken just slightly, but you know what? At the end of the day, I think that he was your number one overall draft pick. I don't know 
if he can get a lot better by facing AAA pitching, I think he needs to face major league fastballs and start putting them in play with power. It was interesting that he laced a single off Duran from, from the Twins the other day. I think it was a 103-mile-an-hour pitch or maybe 100-mile-an-hour, whatever it was, it was, it was hard. I think if you just let him play, the team is not going to contend unless everything broke, which I don't see happening this year. I'm not a big believer in breaking a guy's confidence. I think they just put him in the lineup, let him get his bats, take his lumps, see if the power comes through eventually, and hope that his pedigree shines through. What about you, Cameron? Yeah, for, for two days there, I was like, hell yeah, Tyler Nevin starting first baseman opening day let's go <laughs> and then i came back to reality oh yeah Tevin, tyler nevin's at bats look a lot worse than torques even though nevin nevin got two pitches and cranked them i think torque's going to be fine fine in context of torque i i think he'll i think he'll have a league average season i think i think he'll i think he might surprise us with the home run numbers but still have trouble with putting some balls in play that he I guess the trouble isn't with him putting balls in play. They're more of the balls he should be putting in play, but is watching them go by or swinging through them. And I think we'll slowly just see him build upon that throughout the season. And yeah, it's looking rough right now, though. I don't, so if you look at these numbers that we, we've compiled, I don't know, are, like realistically, are you happy? If he had this season that we're projecting, would you guys be happy with this? Or do you think there's a little more to be desired? I'll start with you, Hubert. Yes and yes. I think if he posts those numbers, he at least keeps his head above water as a viable mm -hmm. person at first base for them moving forward. But that really is nothing to get excited over. We're hoping to see more. If he can get, say, 26 to 28 home runs, maybe be a two and a half to three war guy would be a whole lot more comforting. Yeah. What about you, Cameron? I, I Were you on the higher side of projection? I know Youper was. I was... I was probably around average. What were you thinking, Cameron? Yeah, I think I was average. I think Chris was lowest on him. Oh, yeah. Um, Chris Chris was really low. I think, uh, Chris has a picture of him on the wall, and he throws darts <laughs> at Torkelson. He's been doing that for a couple of years. Yeah, I think if he's, if he's league average to above league average, then he keeps his head above water, like you've said. I think anything more than 20 home runs and a 725 OPS, I'm really happy with season. And... I think it just it gives them more time to look at options at first base. But I, I, we, I guess we we can go over this every week. We just need to see him see him hit some fastballs out of out of the park, pull some fastballs out of the stadium. And I just want to assure the audience out there: there's no truth, no truth whatsoever that Chris wants to start making a Woodward Tigers urinal cake with Spencer Torkelson's picture on it. There's no truth to it. That's not going to happen. You won't be seeing that. I don't even know what that is, you perfect. <laughs> you don't know what a urinal cake is? Urinal a cake? A urinal puck? Yeah, the little things they stick in the urinal urinals. Oh, so oh, urinal. Yeah. Okay. I thought, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, never mind. You say if you got to explain a joke, it's not a good joke. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> yeah but if you want to know exactly what chris thought 0 0.3 war 15 home runs 665 ops which i believe you said it's better than last year that's, that's the urinal cake season <laughs> that oh man if you would have told me this like a year and a half ago two years that we'd be happy with a, a, a 730 ops season i'd be like i don't know if we're halfway through the season and he's hitting with the OPS that Chris said, I don't think, I don't think they play him out at first base. I think there's way too many people they can put there. Yeah, yeah. It's I, always possible he can he can play his way out of the job. They don't have a contingency plan for him, but they will make a contingency plan throughout the season if he doesn't hit, hit the way that he should. There's always a Dan Vogel Vogelberg or Vogelberg Vogel or whatever <laughs> standard out there somewhere. That you can get yeah. that that Justin Henry Malloy pick pick over there at third. Just just give the Malloy first yeah. baseman's glove. Let him let him do that first. Yeah, at least we, at least that way we know we're getting ten percent walk rate at least. 
Yeah, we talked about Kerry Carpenter at first at the last on the last podcast, but yeah, those were the main guys we got. Is there anyone else you guys want to touch on? We haven't done proje- projections for them yet, but I don't know how much how many at bats guys like Kreidler, Nevin, or even Cabrera are gonna get. Is there anyone you think we're we're missing here out of these the five guys that we did for this? Not not really. I was hoping we'll see more of Kreidler. I would love to, I like the guy. I'd love to see him gain a job. I really do think the hand injury last year hurt his offensive production, but I think the way it's going right now, he's going to have to go down to Toledo and prove it again. Yeah, I was about to say, this may be a hot take, but Zach Schwartz been way more impressive this spring than Kreidler has. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting. I know he's a pretty solid defender. Does he have three? He has two home runs this spring or three home runs? I think it's two, right? Two home runs. One of them... Was it off of Garrett Cole? No, it was against the Yankees. I don't think it was off of Cole, though. Yeah, if if Zach Short ends up being a backup on the... I like Lipsius more than Short. But we may see riots on opening day if Zach Short <laughs> has a bench position on the Tigers. Yeah, everyone likes an underdog story, and we were everyone was like, why is he still on this team? And if he somehow can carve out a role in 2023, I think that would be that'd be a good story, honestly. And He's he's looked solid this spring, yeah. But Maggie, I I don't know. What what is your guys's home run predictions for Maggie? I saw a, a comment. Do you think he over under? You think he gets more than five this season? What do really? you think? He got one this spring already. I think he gets more than five because MLB feeds him some special balls yeah. that bounce a little bit more. But I'm still under the impression that Miggy will. Miggy will get to play one game on every road trip to each stadium they go to. So so away fans can have their farewell tour. And then I think he maybe gets like half of the games at home. I think he plays 40, 45 games at home. Yeah, um, eight, 18. That's, that would be something that I, I'm here for. I think we're all here for it. 18 home runs for Miggy. Ah, that's a little ambitious. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. The big thing is... He hasn't had a season where he has stayed healthy in how long. So it's really hard to expect that this year is going to be any different. But last year, before he really started to break down, he at least was putting the bat on the ball and getting some singles and was was presentable for the first several weeks of the season. And then obviously it all went downhill once once his legs started hurting him. Can he stay healthy for, if he plays a limited schedule, like Cameron is mentioning, that obviously gives him a better shot at making it through the season. I think he'll go over five homers. I'll say, I was going to say 12, just to be really optimistic. And don't forget, we lowered the fences. You just never know what's going to happen. Maybe he can get 10. I, I think that's realistic. It would be fun to see. Yeah. yeah. We can pinpoint when his body broke down last year, right? When he stole that, stole third and then went home against Kansas City. You guys remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, up to that point, he was, I mean, he had a 675 OPS, but he was batting 287. And then after that, I think he was batting like 150 the rest of the year. So I think he needs to have fun in ways that (laughs) won't hurt his body. He needs to stand around on the bases, which he should be good at when you think about it. He should be good at it. Stand there. Yeah, with the bigger bases, maybe he's going to try to steal a couple more this year. (laughs) Don't test him. Um, yeah, one other thing I saw was Rosenthal, Trevor Rosenthal. We brought him back. I don't know if you guys really wanted to touch on that. I don't think he's pitched since 2020. Do you really honestly see him making the, not even making, he's not going to make the opening day roster, but do you see him making an appearance in Detroit this year? Yeah, why not? I think, I think he signed the contract with the expectations, knowing he'll probably be in AAA and he hasn't pitched since 2020. I think he had some, some surgery. I think he just w- still wants to pitch. And so he's fine with sitting in Toledo until he's needed in the majors, which I'm not against the Tigers. He used 30 different pitchers last year, 33 if you count Clemens, Castro, and Barnard. <laughs> so. There's nothing wrong with taking a shot. A guy's shown in the past, but he, he, can be effective he's also shown in the past he's hurt a lot and he's not effective now they're taking a chance he's going to be in toledo no harm no foul yeah that's that's kind of how i feel as well oh stop it says i think haas is the surprise first base can eric haas play first base has he played there before 
I'm sure he probably has at least for a few innings. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, he's uh, a catcher. Yeah. How hard is it to play first base? It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it's that. Extremely, I always say that, that to me, what's undersold is the footwork around first base for fielding throws and, and having that be correct and, and creating an angle for, for the, for the person throwing you the ball and that sort of thing. Learning that footwork is like a little bit of a ballet move for a lot of people. I'm still convinced Miguel Cabrera never learned a few of the things over there. But again, if, if Rogers is having a nice year and Haas is also playing well and Pork is not, and the team's going nowhere, if they want to stick him at first base and let him learn on the fly, crazier things will happen. Yeah, he played two innings there and <laughs> 21 for the Tigers. So, Yeah, it would be. I think we talked about the same thing. Give Kerry Carpenter a first baseman's glove and give him the crash course. People have talked about that too. People want an alternative to Torkelson until Torkelson proves that he doesn't need one. Yeah, but I think that's all the questions we had. Cameron, I know you put in some good questions. you have any anything you wanted to go over? We appreciate you pinch in for us tonight. Why are we still giving Jonathan Davis at bats? But <laughs> other than that, yeah, I have, I have, I have nothing, nothing else. Okay, I I have something. It's a little bit of a surprise. Okay, because uh, because we I've talked to Raj and we we want to start showing more of our personality and incorporating a little bit more real life stuff to this. So I just thought, I just thought it was like on the spot. Baseball, baseball memory. I, we got to keep it baseball themed. I want you guys to play along in the comments. What is your all time favorite baseball memory? Whether it's the Tigers, whether it's when you were playing baseball. I don't know if you guys want me to kick it off because you guys need a minute to think. Be a favorite baseball memory. You got one, Youper? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. from when I played. Okay. When I was writing for Motor City Bengals about two years ago, my dad passed away about two years ago, and I wrote an article. People can find it at Motor City Bengals. It's called The Tigers Fan Fades Away. And I talked about my dad and how much baseball we watched together. And he, my dad was a very good pitcher on the local level. He was a strike-throwing machine. My greatest memory was, again, I was, I'm, I'm taller than most people. I'm bigger than a lot of people. I played one game of center field in my life, okay? And it was in Little League. And we won the game 7-6. to six. For the final out of the game, I made a running, diving catch in center field about three inches off the ground. It was a miracle, okay? It was total luck. I expected the ball to be rolling away, and I found it in my glove. I looked up, and the first person my eyes zeroed in on, I saw my dad jump off the bench with his hands in the air. And that memory has stayed with me for my whole life and probably always will. That was that was good, Youper. That was, a, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was very wholesome. Mine is not as wholesome. No, not mine either. <laughs> you want to go first? I'll let you go if you want to. Okay. So you remember the famous Jim Leland ejection where Andy Dirks places a bunt down and he gets called safe at first and then the umpire has no idea what he called and then the home plate umpire calls him out and Jim Leland comes out, throws a fit. Probably my favorite Jim Leland ejection. Yeah. That So that happened and I'm getting ready for our playoff game, our Little League playoff game. I, I was a catcher and I'd throw, I would... I would pitch in a pinch if needed. Tied game, bottom of the sixth. Little league games only go six innings. So tied game, bottom of the sixth. My grandpa, my grandpa, the coach, decides this pitcher obviously ain't it. Let's bring in let's bring in Cameron with the bases loaded in the bottom of the sixth. <laughs> first or second, I forgot if it was the first or second pitch, hit, hit the batter. Walk off hit by pitch. Yeah, <laughs> and absolute tears. Uh, my friend doesn't know, understand why I'm crying. My grandpa put me in the worst situation ever. And so it was, it's probably one of my favorite baseball days with the Jim Leland ejection. And then, and then my worst little league memory of. Your grandpa thought was, you had it in you to face the high leverage spot, Cameron. Yeah. yeah. I thought I was, out of the pool. I thought I was Will Vest when he replaced Gregory Soto, comes in and strikes out the side for his first save opportunity. No, just second pitch. I was Gregory Soto. I threw, I, that kid, I think, was crying because I hit him so hard. But, <laughs> At least uh, he paid for it then. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of one memory I had. I was playing pitching 
pitching machine. And I don't if you remember pitching machine, they still have a kid play the position pitcher and they just, I guess, feel the position. I remember I hit one and hit it off their foot and they started crying. And I felt pretty bad about that. But my, mine was Tigers related. I'll have to to get back to you guys on my, my playing days back in my back in my prime. But for me, this might be a little basic, but it was when the Tigers made the, the 2012 World Series. I remember we were, I still remember exactly where I was. We were all in our garage. The whole neighborhood was, was hanging out and Prince Fielder caught the ball and like, my dad looked at me and was like, we're going to the World Series. And then we all just started celebrating. And I don't know, like that always stuck with me. And I don't know if I'll ever forget that. Even though I was so young and I really didn't understand like how, how big that really was. Because a couple of years later, I remember in 2014 when they were playing Baltimore, game three of the ALDS, I was I was busy doing something else. I was playing video games and my dad was like, you, you sure you don't want to come watch this game? You don't know the next time they'll be in the playoffs. And I was like, eh, whatever. And what was it? Almost nine, nine years later, still haven't made the playoffs. I'm about to turn 21. And I don't know, that 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 to me was my memory. It's just that moment of them making the World Series. It was just, it was pretty wholesome for me, honestly. I don't think I'll ever forget it either. Nice. That was the one where Phil Coke throws his glove down, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll give you one more quick one. I'll be fast. Okay. 1976, I'm seven years old. It's the summer of the bird, Mark Fedrick. Anybody who was around that year could tell you about the Monday night masterpiece when he beat the Yankees and the Yankees were the best team in baseball. It was a massive upset. The crowd was going crazy. He was electric. He pitched a wonderful game. Everybody's excited. The next day, my dad came home with this yellow Mark Fedrick t-shirt with a big picture of him on it. And as a seven-year-old kid who was obsessed with baseball, that shirt, I wore it every day for the rest of the summer. It was unbelievable. Oh. My dad thought of some guy was selling on the back of a truck in Lawrence, Michigan. <laughs> I, I wish, if I could have kept any shirt from my childhood, I wish it was that one. But unfortunately, it did not survive. Yeah. But I think that's all we got. I think this was a fun little segment. Maybe we'll do more of these. Just, just to show us more of our personality and let our viewers get to know us a little better. So for, for John, for Uper, for Cameron, Cameron, thank you for hopping on. You've been doing some great work on Twitter. I, I, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I really think you're posting some of the best Tigers content I've seen on Twitter. So keep up the good work. No question. Uh, Uper, yeah, Uper, I, we did get a comment on YouTube. Someone said you have a really good voice for radio and TV. So you might need to look into in, I got into a good that. face for radio too, though, unfortunately. No, I don't but say I appreciate that. that from the guy. Yes, I believe his name was Jeff. That was nice comment. We get we get a lot of nice comments from our friends. But yes, thank you guys so much for joining us. I'll make sure to check back on Thursday. We'll be live with hopefully Raj and Chris. We'll be back. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. And yes, thank you guys for joining us. Any final words, guys, before we get out of here? Hey, why are we keep enjoying that spring training baseball? Why are we yeah. giving Jonathan Davis at bat still? Uh, he's not a bad guy. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't mind Jonathan. His mom Davis. is happy to see him playing. Yeah. There you go. Okay, we're gonna end it on that note. We'll see you guys later.